You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. If you're tuning in to this edition of Locked On Hornets, then God bless you. Because you are stronger, possibly, probably a stronger human being than I am. I'm not going to go scorched earth on the Charlotte Hornets. Maybe some of you want me to. Maybe some of you are just kind of avoiding this podcast because you don't want to hear anything else about how awful the Charlotte Hornets are. Maybe you just want to take a break from it after watching them against the Miami Heat, not doing anything in the fourth quarter. And I would get all of that, but I do appreciate those of you who are listening today. And we will discuss what pretty much it feels like the end of the season. If you thought the 91-84 to loss about six games ago to the Miami Heat, if you thought that loss shut the door on the Hornets' playoff chances, then you had to think this loss to the Heat, 93-75, to you had to think that one was the lock that bolted the door shut. And that's how I think of it. When they lost to the Miami Heat, they beat the Wizards right after that. They would beat the Wizards a second time just three games later. But it felt like a lot of people thought that loss to the Miami Heat That was the door slamming shut on the Hornets' playoff chances. Maybe you had some, maybe a little belief, but you couldn't have been too confident at all. And now I feel like it's done. I feel like that was the last time that the Hornets had, where they had a chance to reel you back in with any kind of confidence whatsoever that this would be a team that would battle for a playoff spot down the stretch. There's 13 games left to go, and I think the Hornets are done. They're two games out of the eight spot now. Miami does hold on to that eight spot with that win over the Hornets, so much needed for them. So they'd have to pass the Orlando Magic. They would have to pass, certainly, the Miami Heat for that last spot. You look at some of the other teams that they were supposed to be battling with. Detroit has very much so separated themselves from the pack, even even better than the Brooklyn Nets. They're a game and a half up on the Brooklyn Nets as, as the Brooklyn Nets have kind of been reeling here. They were a few games above 500. Now they're right at 500 at 36 and 36. Brooklyn now holding on to the seven seed and Detroit again, 36 and 33. Brooklyn at 36 and 36. Miami, the last seed right now, 33 and 36. Orlando, 33 and 38. So a game back of the Miami Heat and Charlotte is two games back of the Miami Heat. Washington just a game and a half back from the Charlotte Hornets. They've they've got Washington's number. I mean, they've owned them, I guess, the last three times that they played all coming victories for them. But that's about it. So the Hornets, to me, I think you have to move on. This was an awful game against the Heat. It was an awful played game, and they were still in it through the first three quarters. The Heat head into that fourth quarter with just a one-point lead. And so the Hornets were only able to accumulate 60 points through the end of three quarters, but... The Heat, they only had 61. That was it. And so the Hornets still had a shot on the road to win a very critical game for their playoff chances, and yet they get destroyed in the fourth quarter. They only put up 15 points. The Heat put up 32, which is nothing new. We've seen the Charlotte Hornets allow 30 points in a quarter to the opposing team a million times. We've seen it in the fourth quarter a million times this season. This is the same old story that we get from the Hornets, and now it seemed like that was the final nail in the coffin. And just looking at this box score, man, it was an ugly box score. It was the ugliest box score that I can remember, certainly this season. And so 
I did a little bit of research here, just looking at some of the other worst games that the Charlotte Hornets have ever put together, just as far as a box score. Just an ugly one that you can't fair to look at any longer. This one certainly belongs in that category. How about this? Marvin Williams, one of seven. Nick Batum, three of 11. Miles Bridges, Bismack Biombo, they both go one of three from the field. And Kemba Walker, who's usually the savior, he goes four of 16. So a nice 25% from Kimba. You go to the bench and you get a couple of guys that are okay. Tony Parker goes four of five from the field. Jeremy Lamb goes eight of 20. But those should not be the most impressive performances for any kind of basketball game that you hope to win. And sure enough, Jeremy Lamb going eight of 20 from the field with 21 points, three of nine from three-point range. That was the best game that was had by a Charlotte Hornet. Tony Parker was four of five from the field, so only missed one shot was one of two from beyond the arc. But Tony Parker giving you 11 points, that's fine. It still wasn't a very good game from him. Frank Kaminsky adds to the inefficiency, shooting three of 10 from the field. Dwayne Bacon goes one of six. And then the last desperation thing, putting Malik Monk in there, hoping for a Milwaukee Bucks type of quarter. He only takes one field goal and he misses it. So a nice 31% from the field for the Hornets in this game against the Heat. The Heat, who did not shoot well, shot a whole 8% better than what the Hornets did. At 39 and a half, right there at 40%. And just an ugly, ugly box score. And so looking at some research, you see that this was the lowest amount of points that the Hornets have scored since 2016. They scored 76 points in a game against the Atlanta Hawks that they lost in 2016. But also the worst one that was a 73-point output against the Jazz on the road in 2016. So we just went through the box score there against the Heat. How about we go through this one? We, we, let's take a moment and, and go back in time to take a look at what they did against the Utah Jazz and some players. How about Marvin Williams going 3 of 10? Spencer Hawes at power forward goes 3 of 7, 9 points. Nick Batum goes 2 of 9. P.J. Hairston getting 28 minutes in that game. He goes one for five, and Kemba actually does show up in that game against the Jazz a few years ago. Seven for 11 with 15 points. You go to the bench. Frank Kaminsky, his rookie year, goes two of six. Tyler Hansborough gives you 22 minutes and zero field goal attempts. Tyler Hansborough might be the number one guy that I forget was in a Charlotte Hornets uniform. You know, Brian Roberts got 12 minutes. Jeremy Lin got 17. Even Troy Daniels getting 22 and Aaron Harrison giving you five. I remember all of those guys were Charlotte Hornets before I remember Tyler Hansborough was actually a Charlotte Hornet. I, I always forget about that. Troy Daniels played 22 minutes in that game. Goes two of seven. Troy Daniels coming over in that trade with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'll always remember interviewing Mo Williams. And asking at the end of that interview, because we acquired him, hey, you came over with Troy Daniels from Minnesota. What can you tell us about his game? Mo, pretty much that, the only thing he said was, man, he can shoot the hell out the ball. <laughs> that was it. He's like, yeah, Troy, you know, welcome to Charlotte. But at least he got 22 minutes in this game and performed better than some of the Hornets did against the Heat this weekend. Two of seven from him. Went one of two from the free throw line. But that's the kind of ugly box score that you got, and it was in a must-win game. At least that season, the Hornets were able to turn it around enough to make a playoff berth and fight with the Miami Heat for seven games. Dwayne Wade is somebody that wasn't even supposed to play in this game. And then he plays 28 minutes. Of course, he hits both of his three-point attempts because that's what Dwayne Wade does to the Hornets. You had a couple of guys that you could lean on for the Miami Heat. 
Like Goran Dragic and Dwayne Wade off of the bench. And Bam Adebayo had a decent showing with 16 points and going 7 of 10 from the field. Nine rebounds for him. You didn't have Hassan Whiteside destroy you in this game. But everybody else, not that everybody else did, it's just nobody showed up. And to go back all the way to 2016 and have guys like Hansborough getting 22 minutes, P.J. Hairston getting 28 minutes, Troy Daniels giving you 22 minutes, Jeremy Lamb nor Cody Zeller played in that game, but that was even before Jeremy Lamb was good. And that's the kind of box score that you have to put up with those players getting those types of minutes. How about Spencer Hawes, by the way, back in the news, now with the Lakers G League affiliate reclamating his body, and that's insane that he's actually got a chance to be in the NBA again this year after being out, working hard to get his body back in shape. Shout out to Spencer Hawes, who gets a mention on today's Locked On Hornets podcast. But it's only in comparison for the Hornets not doing something good this weekend. Now, we'll talk about it a little bit more here in the second segment, but there's a lot of things to look at. And now we have to ask ourselves, is it time to just move on from the veterans and play all of the young guys, give Dwayne Bacon a ton of minutes, give Malik Monk a ton of minutes, even though he hasn't been a part of the rotation, and it just might be that time. Now, maybe you're one of those people that are happy with the better draft selection, the Hornets missing out on the playoffs. I know we've kind of been a house divided here in Charlotte Hornets country, but it is a pretty depressive state right now. But the one thing that at least you can look forward to is everybody loves the NCAA tournament. Everybody loves the Thursday and the Friday. I think it's the best sport day of the year, that Thursday, that opening day, where you get all of the games right there in front of you, and there is still hope. That's my favorite day of the year. And so the first weekend is a lot of fun for not just viewing, but also betting. It's the greatest betting event every single year. And whether you like filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting first-round upsets, or all of the above, my bookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title? Can Virginia get past its loss to a 16 seed last year? And can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? It's been a little bit. If you know the answers, or even if you don't, my bookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, multiple bracket guy. My bookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. And the best part is they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking 48 hours, bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash in. Deposit with my bookie today with promo code locked on NBA, and that will be for a 50% sign up bonus. That's promo code locked on NBA. With my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Should be a lot of fun to watch all of the March Madness action. So we'll talk about some of the younger guys and whether they deserve some more minutes down the stretch. Only 13 more games to go, and it seems like the Hornets' chances at a playoff berth is indeed over. We'll answer that question next on the other side of the break. It's again the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. And I'm, I have plenty of hurricane snacks. Went out and bought some Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah. Which What kind of Chex Mix? This savory. Matters. It was a savory Chex Mix. It's you're a an, lot you're, of cheese going on in that Chex oh, Mix. You're an expert on Chex Mix, correct? Right? Well, on I, just I'm, trail mix. I'm very particular about my trail mix. I'm what, not as particular, particular about, about my Chex, Chex Mix. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
We're coming to you from the Essex Home Studios in Uptown Charlotte. But as always, we want to give a shout out to the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do. And that's make more sales. So it looks like at least I am kind of moving on from this season. Nada, I know, put it out on Twitter that it'll be nice to at least go through these last 13 games without any expectations on the season. And I think that's how most people are operating. Maybe you're still holding out hope, and good for you. Maybe. You know, it's a tough schedule. I don't see them doing anything against the schedule that they have in front of them. Looking at the schedule, the only other winnable games, it seems like, are going to be the Los Angeles Lakers, the New Orleans Pelicans, who had an embarrassing loss against the Phoenix Suns, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Orlando Magic, maybe. And that's at the last game of the season going up against Steve Clifford. A must-watch across the landscape of the NBA. It'll be on ESPN, one of their only, I think their only, nationally televised games. Certainly the only one I think they've been on ESPN this season. But those are the only teams, there's like three, that you would even favor the Hornets against. And so if, if you still hold out hope, then possibly, you know, they have played Philadelphia well at times. They've come up short, but they have played them well. Maybe they're able to beat Philadelphia, but I don't have a whole lot of hope. I think it's time to move on to the young players and let them go. And we've talked a lot about Malik Monk, even more so than even I expected to, because it's been somebody that has not been a part of the rotation. And it's somebody that I probably hold on to a little bit more hope than most people, but no doubt the concerns are there. So if you're Mitch Kupchak and company, play him the last 13 games to see even more what you have. And I understand that there's already a lot written on Malik Monk, but at least put him out there at the very least to get his confidence up or just put him out there to see if this is somebody that you can find a way to get meaningful minutes from something that is actually going to be a factor going forward for this franchise, or if you want to move on from him. And if you want to move on from him, then fine. But I think this is the last 13 games. I think this is his chance. I think this is another opportunity that you throw him out there. Maybe it's a lot more opportunities than you're willing to give him as a first-round selection, and I don't think you'd be wrong in saying that. But I think you exhaust every opportunity when you select somebody in the first round. Number 11 overall. Now, somebody that has taken advantage of his opportunities, it's been Dwayne Bacon. You look at him getting back in the mix. His first game, really, that he got back in the rotation was against the Washington Wizards on March 8th, and he's played six games, five games, I should say, excuse me, since he's been a part of the rotation again, and he's given you three good games. He did not have a good one against the Milwaukee Bucks on the road, and he didn't have a good one against the Heat on the road just this weekend, but then again, who did? So Dwayne Bacon... You look at his game log against the Wizards the first time. He gives you 10 points, 4 of 7 from the field with a 3-pointer sprinkled in there. He's had a 3-pointer in every single game except the Miami Heat game this weekend. So he goes against Milwaukee, and he only has 3. goes 1 of 5 from the field. Plays against Houston, and that was the game that every single other Hornet was out. Plays 35 whole minutes in this one. Does go 5-11. Doesn't give up. Against the Wizards the next time around, goes 5 of 8, does play well. You know, not a whole lot of rebounds in there, just 3, gives you 4 against the Heat. That was the most he's gotten yet. No, not a whole lot of assists coming his way. But still, it's somebody that was able to show you a little bit offensively. Had the good defensive stop in that game against Washington, where he played well with uh, Bradley Beal driving baseline. So Dwayne Bacon has already been getting in here. Now, it's because Borrego has been wanting to throw him in trying to figure out if this is not only somebody for the future, but hell, we need some help right now. Let's just try to change it up a little bit. But I'm still putting out Dwayne Bacon, see what you got. 
you know, continue to develop him. Miles Bridges, give him all the minutes. Of course, Miles Bridges is the one thing I think you feel good about the Charlotte Hornets for their future. Devontae Graham, you know, I, I'm high on him. I like him as a potential point guard that can be a real part of the rotation in the future. Let Devontae Graham play the last 13 games. I'm ready to, I'm ready to do this thing, man. I really am. I'm ready to move on. And now the Hornets aren't going to. This is still a team that is, is going to these, see themselves mathematically still in it. So they're only two games out, and I understand that some really bad things could happen to the other teams. Maybe the Miami Heat play themselves out. Like, yes, you're right. Mathematically, you're not out of it. I just don't have any hope because of the schedule that the Hornets have in front of them. And so we all understand what this means probably for Kimba Walker too, right? Like, this, this can't bode well for that. And I understand people that want to say, well, Kimball Walker, he's already had his mind made up heading into this season. But we also have to account that people's minds can change. And so at the beginning of a season, just like your fan brain, fan brains can say there's so much hope for that season because everybody's zero and zero. You can picture the positive, And it seems legitimate in your mind at that time. Maybe Kimball Walker's fan brain says, Look, I'm going to war with some veterans. I think James Borrego might be able to get the most out of Nick Batum. I think Malik Monk is going to be a most improved candidate. Miles Bridges is somebody that can come help us right now. This is a team that, at least on paper, it should be a team that gets in the playoffs. It really should. You know, This is a team that I don't think it's crazy. Now, I think all of us basically had a sixth seed as their ceiling. I don't think anybody expected them to go that far. But it is a team that should have at least gotten one of those top eight spots. And I could see how Kimball Walker, at the beginning of the season, you got fresh legs, you're feeling good. And then as the season goes on, you know, you get 60 points and you lose. You surrender a 20-point lead to the New York Knicks. You lose to teams like the Atlanta Hawks. You can't get any foul calls going your way. You can't depend on anybody else in the fourth quarter. There was that one time that Jeremy Lamb hit a clutch jumper on your assist, but other than that, you haven't had too many people step up for you in the fourth. It's Tony Parker, but you understand Tony Parker's getting older. So I can understand why Kemba Walker just might change his mind as the season goes on. And we'll talk with Rick Bennell tomorrow, but I saw people kind of discussing that picture that was sent out. I think it turned out to be Marvin Williams where he had the towel over his head had the ice all over his knees. He was very well covered, and it was really tough to see who it was. But it just went to show you how dejected this entire team was with basically the one picture of Marvin. Oh, this is... don't And don't ask Marvin about the playoff picture because even with 13 games, Marvin, he told you, you're always asking me about the negative things. And while I can understand how frustrating that would be, we can't ask Marvin about the positive things. No matter how much he wants us to, we just can't. Well, this is a team, again, that should be in the playoffs, and they're in the Eastern Conference, where the Eastern Conference is better, but then once you get outside the top five, it's there for the taking. Especially for a guy, like if you were to put the Detroit Pistons, Orlando Magic, Miami Heat, even Washington Wizards, I guess, who's only a game and a half behind the Hornets, but they're probably not even all that much a part of it. The Brooklyn Nets. You know, is the best player not Kimba? You know, maybe you can go Blake Griffin, who's having a very good season. He does have help a little bit with Andre Drummond, who's been playing very good basketball the past month. So you you probably go to Detroit and welcome that theory a little bit more, that Blake and Andre Drummond, when they're playing well, with a good head coach in Dwayne Casey. But Kimba Walker, I, 
yeah, you can absolutely argue that you have the best player. It's just that all of the other players are fourth and fifth guys on a normal roster. And, you know, Cody Zeller didn't play in this game. We all know when Cody Zeller doesn't play, it really hurts the Hornets because they have no big man depth. So I think it's time to let Miles Bridges get a lot more shooting in, allow him to shoot some three-pointers, you know, uh, allow him to grow and overall develop his game. Same thing with the Dwayne Bacon, who will enter his third season. You know, let Malik Monk try to figure some things out as much as you can, maybe try to build his confidence, to see if you want to go into a summer league with him on that summer league roster. I, I think it's time for the young guys. I just don't have any more faith in the Hornets making the playoffs this season, and it'll be a miracle if they get to 36 wins for the third straight year in a row. At this point, you might say that they're not going to get to 36 wins. I would have taken the over at the beginning of the season. I think I did on Locked On Fantasy when I was a guest when he, when Josh Lloyd was interviewing all of the Locked On hosts. I really thought it was going well, and I guess there's still a shot at it, but it doesn't feel as good as it once did, at least those chances do. So give me the young players, man. I think it's time. Now we'll take one more break, and we'll come back with one last segment here, maybe look around what else has been going on in the NBA. Thanks again for joining us here. It's a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're LOH. This is Locked On Hornets. Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Hmm. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down today nothing gold can stay we need the boys to men with that now it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast the other bad news to consider is that Oklahoma City Thunder point guard Russell Westbrook. He's been suspended just one game without pay. And you might wonder how that might affect the Charlotte Hornets. Well, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're going to be playing the Miami Heat when Westbrook is suspended. So that only enhances the chances of Miami at least getting a victory because Russell Westbrook, he got a 16th technical foul of the season. That was in the Thunder's home loss to the Golden State Warriors. So Russell not going to play against the Heat. And you wonder if that's just going to be another victory for them. While the Hornets, they're going to be taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. And Philadelphia played a very fun game yesterday against the Milwaukee Bucks. You had Giannis and Tenacumpo dunk all over Ben Simmons, and that was a lot of fun. And then he calls him a baby after he dunks on him. Looks to his bench. You can see that he mouths Ben Simmons is a baby or he's a baby talking about Ben Simmons. And then the very next play, Ben Simmons dunks on Giannis and Tenacumpo put back dunk all over him, fails to box out all that well, and then eventually the 76ers win. So it's a good clap back, as Worldwide Wob tweeted out. It was amazing to see that game, though. It looks like that's a little bit of foreshadowing for a possible Eastern Conference Finals matchup, maybe even a second-round matchup that you could see. But Philadelphia scoring 130 points, beating the Milwaukee Bucks by five points, so they only scored 125, and you look at them going up against the Hornets, man, it's been bad luck for the Charlotte Hornets going up against the 76ers this entire year. That was the game that you got to see Kemba Walker go for 60 points, though. 
And that that was a, a fun moment that we had at the beginning of the season, just paying attention. How many times have you seen a player ever score 60 points, just period, just watching a game where somebody has gone off for that many. You've seen it if you've watched the Bobcats where LeBron James put up 60 and Carmelo Anthony put up 60. But having Kimba, having somebody do it for your team, that was a lot of fun. But you end up losing that game 112 to 119 in overtime, no less. And Jimmy Butler spoiled that. That was right when Jimmy Butler pretty much got to that basketball team and eventually they lost. So losing that by that much points, that was the last time they played too. remember. They played three. They played three games against the 76ers even before the month of December started. You were done with three games with Philly by November 17th. So you lost to them on October when you lost by two points. You played an overtime game against them the next time out. You lose by one point. And then the other game is an overtime game where Kimba goes for 60. And that's that would bring you to a 7-8 and eight record with that loss. You'd go 7-8 and eight after you lost. And that's incredible, man. So you've played Philly well. You've lost three games to Philadelphia by a combined six points. So they lose by two in the first round. They lose by one in the second game and they lose by three in the third. So we'll see if they're able to capitalize against Philly the next time out and play well like they've done the last three times, but just not enough to win. Hopefully they can try to get a victory once they go about it this time around. Thanks again for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It should be me solo maybe for a couple of days, and then Doug, maybe Nada. Nada will try to be here for Fire Friday, of course, but I think Doug is going to join me either tomorrow or Wednesday, maybe a little bit later on in the week, but we will try to keep you updated. And again, we appreciate you joining us here on a Monday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets, and you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked on Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow.